0: I put the toppings on, I choose the yogurt, I choose the amount of yogurt, I choose the amount of toppings, you weigh it, you charge me, and I. uh, Right, okay, that's it. The new Whole Foods and the new IMAX and all that stuff, it's gonna blow up in a big flatulence explosion. And I turn around and it's tawny. Tawny Catane. Cotain. Welcome to the bitterest pill. It's Dan Class. I'm in my garage under the flight path of Los Angeles International Airport. Welcome to the show. How Have you been? I've been okay. I've been. You know what? How have I? How, how have you been? I've been uh, myself. And and there uh, therein lies the rub, doesn't it? So. I feel like we spoke somewhat recently it was maybe a couple weeks ago right but there's so much to get to get to so much rewinding to do that I'm sure we must have plenty to discuss. So I'm here I'm uh, in you know LAX adjacent Westchester the lower west side of uh, LA that was my that was my, you know that's my neighbor's idea. See my neighbor's idea is to start referring to Westchester, which, you know, honestly, really doesn't have the greatest reputation, but it's an up-and-coming place. See, all these years I've been complaining, podcast listener, complaining that wh- uh, where I live, I live under the fly path at last, right? That's what I say every week for 10, 11, whatever it is, years. Uh, under the flight path, well, that part is true, okay? So the town that I live in is Westchester, one word, Westchester. Not unlike the Westchester in New York, except nothing like that. Completely different. Because the Westchester in New York isn't by a major metropolitan airport and all that that entails. So what has happened? You know, it's funny. I, w- I wasn't even planning on... Have we talked about this? I don't know. So, so there's Westchester, right? So Westchester is literally, and I use that word literally, literally next to the airport. Like if you are in Westchester and you go in what you're right, you're in you're in. You're in Westchester. And you are on kind of one of the any of the two main drags through Westchester. There's Sepulveda north south or Lincoln North South. If you go north south far enough, it goes Westchester LAX. Like we're not a couple towns over for we are Okay, we share a border with the property that is the airport. So when I say under, I'm not joking. When it rains, the planes take off over the house. It's it's crazy. And we we've lived here since uh, the year 2000. So the crazy thing that is happening right now is Westchester is somewhat. Well, I don't, up and coming is a little much, but, but it's, it's, you know, it's doing better. It's not quite so uh as it was. Does that make any sense? The bar now has a cool mural on it that's painted by the same guy that painted the murals in Hipster Mar Vista. You know what I mean? There's another mural here. You know, now we used to have an Albertsons. Now we have a Bristol farm, right? Our Ralph's, not the shitty rap. Oops. I said, you know what? I say shitty now, apparently not the shitty Ralph's that I don't go into anymore because they somewhat accused me of stealing a broom when I was coming down off of antidepressants. Not that Ralph's, not the big shitty Ralph's. I'm talking about the, there's a little Ralph's over on the other side of town, um, between the newish hipster hotel and the bowling alley, that Ralph's multimillion dollar makeover, which I think means they painted, they painted and they put in a Starbucks. The Blockbuster video is now a chase bank. You know, every, basically, right, after 2008, are we calling it that, 2008 or 2008? Are we going to have this conversation again? Can you just decide? Since 2008, when everything dried up, everything that dried up now is either a Walgreens or a bank, and the Blockbuster obviously is gone. Now, that's a chase, but right next to that is a Menchie's. Do you guys have Menchie's? Is that national? Menchie's yogurt? Frozen yogurt is back with a vengeance. We used to complain that there were no yogurt places. Now I can think of three, and I'm not even counting the one in the mall because the mall isn't technically in Westchester. But in Westchester, we now have Menchie's Yogurtland and Tutti... Is it Tutti Fruity? I don't know. I don't want to go in there because the Belgian guy that owns that place, he's always trying to get you to try the shaved ice. You know what I mean? When you buy into a franchise, you're supposed to just shut up. And corporate sends you signs and menus and stuff like that. And you just, right, you pay your little franchise fee and you sell whatever the hell it is. You do your thing and you that's what you do. And this Belgian guy, and I have no problem with Belgian people. It's just this guy who happens to be annoying also, coincidentally, is Belgian. So I am identifying him to you as this Belgian guy. So there's this Belgian guy. And I guess I should change some of this, but, uh, uh, for, you know, protect the innocent, but it's too late now. So the Belgianish guy that owns the Tutti Fruity or whatever that place is, that's on the other side of town, the yogurt place. He's always trying to like come up with cute, fun, new ideas. So Hudson and I go in there one day and he starts pitching us on all these flavors that he's created. So, you know, all yogurt now, as far as I know, is self-serve. Because everything's self-serve because no one wants to hire an employee. Now you work there. So you go in and you serve yourself the yogurt and then one stoner weighs it and then they charge you and that's it, right? But part of this whole business model is that there's no need for an employee other than the one little stoner. So this guy, though, not understanding the business model of I'm supposed to be the one serving my own yogurt – and then i put the toppings right that's the whole business model i put the toppings on i choose the yogurt i choose the amount of yogurt i choose the amount of toppings you weigh it you charge me and i uh, right okay that's it well this guy has this great idea cuz he's an entrepreneur see that he's going to make up his own flavors so instead of just getting the non-fat vanilla bean he has the idea of giving it a cute name, and this was so many years ago. I don't even remember the stupid names that he thought of. But see, he has the idea like you can get the the Loyola Marimount Crunch, which is vanilla bean with almonds and pralines mixed in, and he'll mix it in. He has a he with his own money. He bought some kind of yogurt grinding machine. So he will, with his yogurt grinding machine, grind the pralines and almonds or whatever the hell it is into the yogurt to make it the Loyola Marimount Crunch or whatever it is. That's an idea that died, and I'm being literal here, in 1987. In 1986, when I lived next to a tiny little mall at Syracuse University when I first met my wife, we would go in there and we'd walk walking around. She's like, oh, I used to work there. I'm like, oh, my God, I used to live right next door. So when you were working at that little place, I was living right next door. We didn't even know, right? And then we're like, hey, let's stop and get yogurt. And it was in 1986, and there was a place that used to crush your yogurt with toppings in it. And it was cute. It was kind of like the 1986 version of Cold Stone Creamery where they your your stuff, right? But see, now we've all been, because now we all have ATM machines and everything's got a drive through window and all the yogurt places are self-serve, you don't have to tell anybody your business. Because you know what? What I'm eating, honestly, at the yogurt shop, I don't want to discuss with a Belgian. I just want, right? I don't want to discuss it, and I don't want him to suggest flavor combinations. I got my own thing going. I want to just go in there and try to preserve some level of masculinity as a heterosexual man going and getting fro-yo with his son. So I don't want to have to discuss with you whether I want the, right, the Vistamar smooth time Football, pep rally, jazzer, blah, right? Which is really just strawberry with orange mixed in with gummy worms. I don't need, I don't want to eat that. That's disgusting. Why are you making me think of mashed up gummy worms when I'm thinking of the private school that's on the other? It's not even in our town. Like, what are you doing? Just weigh my stuff and take my money. Bien sûr, tout l'amont. Do you speak French in Belgium? Le ice, just please give me a little yogurt and let me get the hell out of here. I wasn't even going to discuss that. What was I? I was trying to tell you about Westchester. So this is the story. Westchester is very up and coming, my friend. And my neighbor, my next door neighbor, the quarterback had this great idea to start referring to it, this part of town, really just Westchester, as the lower West Side, I think. It's brilliant because it sounds so much better than Westchester. Because everyone here, see, we don't associate with Westchester like New York Westchester, right? Like the Scarsdale Diet and all that stuff. The Clintons, right? That's Westchester, New York. This is Westchester, Los Angeles, where our biggest cultural distinction is we have a Ross and a Marshalls. On the same street. Yeah. I think I. It's not. It's not even a Marshalls. Is it a Mar- Ross and a Marshalls or is it a Ross and a. Um. What's that place called? It's the same difference. You know. How there's Ross Marshalls and then there's some other one, and inside they have a thing called Home Goods. It's that place. It's the place with Home Goods. But I can't think of the name of it right now. What's a, What's that place called? I mean, it's not even somewhere classy like Nordstrom's Rack. I'm talking Ross. And the other one that I will refer to as Marshall's, even though it isn't Marshall's, it's the same thing as Marshall's. We have a Boston Market and a Hometown Buffet, again, on the same block, almost next to each other. It almost goes Marshall's, Hometown Buffet, Ross, Pay for Less, whatever it is, Boston Market, I swear to God. I swear to you. Westchester got four stars in Chain Smoking Limo Driver magazine. If you go, if you're in Westchester on Sepulveda, near where the home, the home buffet, hometown buffet is, right? Hometown buffet. There's a kind of a jamba juice in there and the, where a Radio Shack is dying, right? But I swear to God, no joke, you can stand at one if you stand outside of Starbucks and look diagonally across the street, there's another Starbucks. The hottest restaurant in town. Seriously. And this is Los Angeles. It's the In and Out Burger. But the house prices, thank goodness, the house prices are going up. We could never afford to move in here right now because Westchester, part of it, how do I just, how do you, how do I explain this? So, so it goes Los Angeles International Airport and you're going north, right? Then it goes Westchester and then right above Westchester used to be this big, beautiful, um, Wetlands. Preserved, protected wetlands full of waterfowl and God knows what else, right? And it was all protected and it went all the way the width of Westchester and then across Lincoln and then the rest of Westchester and then all the way to the ocean was this protected wetlands. And this little company called, uh oh God, what were they called? DreamWorks. So this little company came along, and I could be wrong on this, so don't sue me. But this little company came along called DreamWorks, and they decided they wanted to build a studio. And where was there some space available, but on the like wetlands? So palms were greased and decisions were made and papers were signed, and that entire area was filled with dirt. Somehow, I don't know how you take a wetlands and make it dry lands enough to build on, but that's what they did. And they were going to build a humongous movie studio there. And then they got bored and they moved to Glendale. So now it's an area called Playa Vista, which is one of those, because God, I remember in the nineties and then the early two thousands, every once in a while you'd read one of these, have we talked about this before? I'm so sorry if we have, but you read about those planned-ish communities, right? There was going to be, they're going to be so cool and so awesome. And everybody could just walk around. And there'd be pathways, and there'd be a park, and then there'd be some sh- light shopping, and you could really survive in this, these little planned communities. And it all sounded like really kind of Stepford-wide, and kind of the prisoner, and kind of weird and freaky, and that is exactly what Playa Vista is. The difference is, when they build it, it actually doesn't seem that creepy. It just seems like, oh, look, really nice condos and a park. I got ya. Hot, rich, young moms pushing their kids around in strollers, or... Their dogs. Gotcha. 10-4. So now that whole area is Playa Vista and a park and a library. And they're building schools. And then now they just opened this brand big, brand new movie theater. They're going to build an IMAX. Well, it's almost done. The IMAX is almost done and a big mall with a new Whole Foods, like that whole area. And then Google, I guess, bought like 15 acres down there. YouTube is already down there. It's crazy down there. It's the Silicon Beach. That's what they're calling it. Silicon Beach. LA, the rest of LA is Silicon Beach. This is Silicon Beach. Now, I don't know where, when all these people, right, because these condos, there's like these six story condos, when all, when people, I I don't, I don't want to sound like an old man, but where are all these idiots going to drive? where where are their cars going to drive because there's already so much traffic now there's i can't drive anywhere it's insane now and you're building condos enough for a thousand people and on the part that they've already finished did i already talk about this before i need to start recording more often that i can keep track of what i've talked about See, the part that's already finished, there's already been a library there for a couple of years now. And a bunch of condos in the park and everything. And if you go to the library, if you look, you'll notice there are these signs everywhere that say methane gas warning. And they have methane detectors. And I think they even have like buttons that you can push to set off an alarm that warns everybody that there's a methane problem. Because apparently a, a wetlands is sort of like the sphincter of an area and L.A.'s farts come out of the wetlands. And so if you build a, a, a mall on top of a wetland, that's corking the sphincter of the lower west side. So the new the new Whole Foods and the new IMAX and all that stuff, it's going to blow up in a big... Flatulence explosion. But until then, our house price is going to skyrocket and I can't wait. Maybe we can, you know, before I blow my brains out, maybe we can sell this place and make some dough. I have no idea. Well, it's not even what I was going to talk about. Because I think last time I I told you about the stand up thing, right? Where one of the moms at school did the thing where we all performed. We talked about that, right? I'm getting older. Do you understand? I'm getting old and I can't keep track of who I've told because I don't like to repeat myself on the podcast and I don't like to repeat myself in real life. But I, I feel like we already talked about this, right? We went to the speakeasy and it's an underground place. Like it's literally underground. Or maybe I told this to Lance Anderson because I saw Lance and I told him this. We already talk about this in great detail. Tell you what, I'll, 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 I'll just tell you that, right? I, yeah. So a mom at school, she had this thing where we all went, we all performed. Some people showed movies, some people saying, I did stand-up. I was the host. I did stand-up. It was awesome. I think I killed, at least in my mind. Because pretty much if your audience is so homogeneous that you know the exact age range, socioeconomic level, parental status, marital status of every single person in the room, it's like shooting fish in a barrel to write material for the, right? But it was at this place called the Speakeasy, the Del Mont, is that right? The Del Monte Speakeasy in Venice. And it was a real speakeasy back when you needed speakeasies during Prohibition. And there are still tunnels underneath the place for bringing the booze in and out of the club. I think it was even one of the major liquor uh, hubs of Los Angeles during Prohibition. So, I had to be there at 5 o'clock. No, I had to be there at 4 o'clock. The thing starts at 5 o'clock. We were going to do a run-through and just check all this stuff. There's projectors involved and all that stuff. So, as you can imagine, Venice Beach, on a Sunday at 4 in the spring, when it's gorgeously perfect out, it, it, right, there's a little traffic. And the Del Monte Speakeasy is on, None do if you're familiar at all with Venice. There's a part of Venice that's just, and I wish I could remember the name of the street, but it's the street that the speakeasy's on. It's just a short little half a street that goes to, it dead ends at the boardwalk. And anytime you see Venice in a TV show or in a movie or whatever, and the little thing over the street says Venice, and it's got those very distinct Venice, that's that. It's that little half a block. Like, I I think on Californication, that's where David Duchovny's character lives, right on that little thing, Right. And so there's no, there, there's no, I mean, I don't, I th- there's a parking lot I think I'm supposed to head to, but there's so much traffic that that road is full of cars. So instead of just waiting and blocking an intersection or whatever, I can't. So I, I try to find a place to park and I literally do concentric circles until I find a place to park. I almost drive all the way back to Westchester. So I finally, and it's one of those things you're just about to give up, I find a parking spot. I have no idea where I am. I I know I'm still in Venice, but that's pretty much it. So I put into my phone, at least, the address. Because I figure, worst case scenario, using my phone, when I'm done tonight, I can put the address, right, into my phone and have maps or whatever lead me back to my car and Right now, I'm going to do that. I'm going to put, right? I'll just park wherever I am. It doesn't matter, man. I don't know how far. It doesn't I I just got to park. So I park, I put the address of the speakeasy in my phone, and I follow it and I eventually get there. And I was way over the other side of Abbot Kinney. Way over, like way like really not halfway home, but but really it was far by LA standards. Far by the standards of a person who drove not far by the standards of a person that walked, but definitely far by the It's Like, why, why am I burdening myself with an automobile? Right? So I walk, 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 walk. I get to Abercinny, kind of salute, like where I used to get my hair cut back when I had hair. When I had hair, I would drive from the west side of or the east side of town all the way to Venice to get my hair cut. Because, you know, when you're losing your hair, you have to, It has to be done masterfully. Oh, wait. One moment, please. Let's see. Anyway, I'm back. Are you there? Yeah, okay. I guess I shouldn't be in a, like, a lie-down position as I restart the recording. So, that was my wife. We, We needed to discuss Chinese food. Chinese food is very important. It is our... One of our few weekly indulgences, and we must discuss it briefly. And then, yummy. Yeah, so, listen, I don't even know where I'm going with that story of the of Venice. I think if you stop for a second, you know where it's going because I'm the one telling it. You you know what I mean? Like after ten years, pretty sure. Hey, Dan, probably not telling us a story about going to Venice where in the end, a guy gives you $100. That's right. What a coincidence. That's exactly true. I'm not telling you about a story. I'm not telling you a story about a time where I went to Venice and I'm walking down the street and a guy said, Hey, aren't you Dan Class? Here's $100. That's absolutely astute of you. I'm telling you a story about I went to Venice and I had to walk a long way, but then I finally got there. And of course, why when I got there, you know that little street in Venice... That ends at the boardwalk and has says Venice over it. You know what I'm talking about? Where David Duchovny lives on California case you know the street? No cars. No cars on it. But when I get when I walk there, not when I'm trying to drive do you understand? Not when I'm trying to drive. No, not when I'm trying to drive. When I walk after I walk for three miles, whatever it was, it was probably like twenty feet. Uh no cars. No cars. So I go downstairs, go in, there it is, we get ready the owner's there, Louie, Louie, uh, cool uh, Irish dude, I think. I don't know. Remember him from last year? Everyone's there, we're gonna, whatever, we do our show, <laughs> okay? I think I kill. Now, I listened back to the recording, I'm like, oh, that could have gone better. I, I, In the moment, I think I killed, I think the audience thought I killed, there were, people were very complimentary afterwards. I met a couple new friends, one of them said she used to manage comedians, maybe she and I are gonna get together and figure out ways that at our age we can actually, uh, 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 you know, uh, get back into, uh, life. So, but of course, um, by now it's, you know, it's really actually kind of early. It's probably eight or nine o'clock by the time this is done. Five, six, seven, eight, probably eight, nine. Mm -mm -mm. So it's dark out. It's a Sunday, beautiful Sunday. Walking generally back to the car. Right? My phone's dead. Of course, of course, my phone's dead. Of course, my phone's dead. Why wouldn't my phone be dead? Why wouldn't it be dead? Why would I be able to just drive to Venice, park my car, go into the club, have a great set, and then just go home triumphant like Rocky Balboa, arms over my head, all the way down Abikini and across and thing, thing to the Californian 6th or whatever it is? Why can't I just do that? Why can't my phone have battery juice and I just follow the little instructions to my car? Why do I have to worry the whole time that I'm going the right way Because it's me, and of course my phone. Why wouldn't my phone, why wouldn't it be dead? We had an 80s prom. Now the 80s prom fundraiser, and I think I talked about this a little bit last time. This was a fundraiser for the school, for Wild Winds. The version of Wild Winds where that my daughter goes to for these slightly younger kids. Okay. And to raise money for the school, what they do is they spend a bunch of money to throw a party. But then people pay to go to the party. For instance, this is not the only thing you can do. But but this is a fairly popular thing to do because other people are normal. And so other people are social. Social people like to go to parties and they'll pay to go to a party if they feel like it's going to raise money for the school. So somebody had the idea. Of having an eighties prom, right? Awesome idea. I, being my age and and really most of the parents, that's an awesome time period to emulate, simulate, nostalgiate, whatever eight about it, right? <clears throat> okay, great. Now when someone says eighty right eighties prom to me, I think, well, you know, I went to a prom in the eighties, I went to a couple, right? I have a vivid memory of how that went down, and I've seen a bunch of 80s movies. A lot of them have proms. Proms are a big part of 80s movies. 80s high school, John Hughes, Karate Kid type movies. Whenever they go to a dance, it was in the 80s because those movies are in the 80s. And Okay. So my thinking is, oh my God, it would be so great. We'd have an 80s prom, and we'd have it in a high school gymnasium. And we'd get a bunch of kids to hand paint, like, you know, enchantment under the sea signs and homecoming banners. And we'll right. And they said they wanted to crown the king and queen and they wanted to do the whole thing. I'm like, oh, my God, that's great. We'll we'll get some people to chaperone. You know what I mean? We'll have a big punch ball. It'll be awesome. It'll be like an 80s prom. It'll be wonderful. We'll wear ugly tuxedos and wigs or whatever. We'll play 80s movie. Great. But the main woman planning the party didn't see it that way. Now, did she, she? She? I'm not on the thinking committee. I'm on the complaining about what they think of committee. Okay, let's be fair. Let's right. I am not on the committee of people that have to pay for the party or actually plan the party or actually execute the party. Let's be clear. I am only on the committee of jackasses that are at home in their kitchen by themselves complaining to their wife that they're not doing things exactly how I would envision them. So the main woman planning the party says, well, let's um, rent a party bus that can drive us from our side of the town, our side of town, the lower west side, which is where the, the kindergarten through eight version of Wild Winds is, right? Drive us from there to Koreatown, which is way on the other side of L.A., almost downtown, Wilshire and I don't even know what, like east of the Wiltern Theater. But we'll take this party bus from the lower west side to Koreatown, and then we'll go to the the karaoke bar that we went to for so-and-so's birthday that was so much fun, and then we'll have it there. Now, those of us on the Complain About the Idea Committee thought that was ridiculously stupid, because I remember the 80s, and I distinctly remember not going to any prom in the 80s in a Korean karaoke bar that we got to in a party bus. We should all be driving to a high school gymnasium in a 1978 Toyota Celica GT liftback. Right? Right? or mom's station wagon with the paneling on the side, or dad's Regency 98 Oldsmobile. That's how you get to an 80s prom. You don't get to an 80s prom in a totally tricked out party bus with stripper poles and poker theme on the linoleum and then go to Koreatown to a tiny little neon weird-ass, I don't even know where I am, karaoke bar. We didn't start doing karaoke until, when did that even start? The late 90s? We didn't do karaoke in the 80s. I know because I would have done it. We didn't do karaoke in the 80s. That's why we did air band competitions. We did air band competitions because we didn't have the balls to do karaoke. We did air band competitions in the 80s and we won them as adamant on multiple occasions. Just saying. Just saying. But the planners of the prom, the 80s prom, that's not going to be in a high school gymnasium like the freaking breakfast club. And it's not going to have a punch bowl and it's not going to have chaperones. It's going to be in a Korean karaoke bar in Koreatown run by Koreans. And I have nothing against Koreans. That's just not just what does that have to do? What are we doing? What is what we could have it at the Elks Lodge? What's happening at the Knights of Columbus it would be so weird and tacky and retro and we decorate it like no I got a drink hold on I got to have a drink but they're set on this party bus and they're set on this karaoke place and then they so then they have to run everything by Wild winds, right <clears throat> and Wild Wind says hold on hold on hold on hold on no 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 wait hold on you can't have a school event where you're transporting people that far in a party bus with stripper poles in the name of the school. Just for insurance reasons alone, you can't do that. Please, Lord God, Jesus, Mary, L. Ron Hubbard, Darwin, do not do that. Just have people drive their asses to Koreatown. please. Please. So I think, oh, that's cool. Because then now we'll just change the venue. We'll have it somewhere in the lower west side. Maybe at the Knights of Columbus. Maybe at Westchester. There is an actual Westchester High School. We could get that gymnasium for a song. We'd have to put some banners up and some streamers and some balloons. We'd bring a prom for ta- right? No. See, I keep forgetting that I'm not dealing with kids from drama club. I'm dealing with 40, 45, 50-year-old people that either are very successful or they're married to the very successful and they want to have a very nice upper, upper, middle-class L.A. event with a slight L.A. patina of an 80s prom. Now, somehow in all of this, a certain member of the sit on the sidelines and complain about a committee got roped into and became part of the planning committee because the planning committee at one point had wrangled my wife into their committee, which she uh, hastily departed due to scheduling conflicts. But the planning committee said, hey, we know what we want to do. We want to project a bunch of stuff on the screens at the karaoke bar. And we're going to have a, there's a projector. We'll do the thing. You know, they have a big projector. and Scenes from 80s movies or music videos or whatever. And then we want to have this trivia contest. And then we want to have like pictures of people from the 80s. You know, of the people coming. Pictures of them, but from the 80s. And we'll have that on a loop. And they have all these ideas. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. We didn't have a, why are we having a trivia contest? And they're like, yeah, we'll have a trivia contest. 80s trivia. So let me get this straight. You're going to bring in a DJ. This DJ is going to work his ass off getting everyone to shake their middle-aged asses to, uh, right? Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. And you're going to get that all hyped up. White lines for dreams of passion. And then you're going to go, okay, everybody stop. It's time for Jeopardy. No, I, I, like, I just don't, I don't see it. I don't get it. And they're like, yeah, but we're going to ask some 80s celebrities to come and we're going to see who we can get. I think we can get Tawny Catane. We're going to, we're going to ask Tawny Catane. We're going to ask downtown Julie Brown and we're going to ask, um, I don't even remember who the other, trying to get Dave Coulier or somebody from Full House and Kathy. Lee Crosby, is that her name? Kathy Lee Crosby was one of the hosts of, uh, what was it? Like, That's Incredible or something? America's Funniest People or That's Incredible or something like that. I don't know. So I'm like, so, so really? So, so the D, so Tawny Catane is going to come out and host 80s trivia. Okay. And then, and then, but then we're going to show loops of, and then we're going to have a thing, a contest where people guess who the, picture is of the person in a blue tux or whatever and it's someone okay whatever can't we just have the dj play thompson twins and uh aha and you guys we just dance and you guys drink and then we go we leave no i gotta put all this crap together so while the planning committee is out buying costumes for their 80s prom i am sitting in our living room wrangling 80s videos 80s movie clips from dance you know dance scenes from 80s movies I'm wrangling all these photographs from the guests except I'm not because the guests aren't sending photos the guests aren't sending trivia of themselves and they're not sending photos they're not sending jack crap Now, I've got two hours of scenes from Footloose and Flashdance and Ferris Bueller and The Breakfast Club and uh, every movie where anyone ever danced. Girls Just Want to Have Fun and Breaking It and Crush Groove and Crush Groove 2, Electric Boogaloo, and all just scene after scene, scene after scene. I've got Take On Me. I've got Candy Girl. I've got uh, Walk This Way. I've got I Know What Boy's Like. I got it all. I've got it all, but I don't have pictures of any of the guests. And so Grouse about the party planning keeps emailing party planning and saying, "Hey, party planning, knowing send." It, listen, we gotta okay. This stuff takes time. I've done the right. I've got all these music videos and movie clips. You guys sent me the trivia. Got that all worked out. It's beautiful. The trivia is beautiful. It's all in neon letters, right? It's in a like a PowerPoint presentation where it's got the question. And they've got literally, they, they do, they have Tawny Katane. You know who I mean? Tawny Katane, star of Bachelor Party and the White Snake video where she danced around on a jaguar. You know who I mean, Tawny Katane. When you first saw that video, I don't care what you were doing, you stopped doing it. And for however many years you were that age and they were playing that video on MTV and you had MTV, right? And that video came on and you heard just the beginning of that nah, 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 whatever it was and you stopped and watched her dance on a car. So I've worked for hours on this trivia thing where you push the button and it changes its little cat, the letters and the neon and everything was gorgeous. But the day of... Finally, the planning party, party planning committee decides they're going to nail everybody down and get them all. So I have this flood of emails, the day of the prom, emails of all these people that I don't know 35 years ago. But like everything, it gets worked out. It gets, it gets worked out. It gets worked out. So we go we go to the karaoke bar and they... The karaoke... It's just... The room's too small. The room is too small. So we spend an hour and a half trying to convince the karaoke bar to let us move the furniture out of the room, but they won't let us move the furniture out of the room because that that's where the furniture belongs. Well, we... They had apparently rented two rooms. One on one side of the club and one on the other side of the club. And the... It was decided that we would, to get rid of the furniture in the bigger room, we would just take the furniture out of the bigger room and put it in the smaller room, rendering the smaller room completely useless. So that's what we did. We moved all the furniture over to the other room. No karaoke in there. We're not going to do karaoke. So let me get this straight. We've rented two rooms in a Korean karaoke bar, and one of the things we will not be doing is karaoke. Okay. No, that's cool and that makes perfect sense. There's no punch bowl. There's no chaperone. There's no karaoke. No problem. So apparently um, the, the main planner of the party really, 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 really badly wants to figure out how I can run a video feed from the photographer who's taking the prom pictures to the big screen. And I can't seem to convince her that the photographer can't do that. She wants me to take a feed, like from the photographer's camera, to a screen. And the photographer's like, "You can't do that. I, I, I got to take pictures." So I say, "The plan. She can't do that. She got. She's got to take pictures." So the compromise is: the planner, the main planner, brings a camera, and I'm going to hook that up to the big screen. And then point it at the people that are having their picture taken like a stalker. Like a creepy stalker. I'm going to video-ish tape and not really rolling. I'm not really rolling. I'm just projecting. So the people are standing here. And then two feet over is a screen with an image of the people that are standing right there. but, But on the screen. But she's really committed to this thing. So the DJ gets set up. He's cool. Thank God. Thank God the DJ and I could, you know, because I don't really want to be at a party because I'm not a party guy. I want to just work the party and be invisible. So I mostly hung out with the DJ, but we got set up. I've got the videos on a loop, right? Because due to language problems, we couldn't figure out how to get the videos here and here. Finally, like, okay, so he brought a monitor. We set up. So the movies and the videos are shooting, showing on one monitor. The other monitor has the camera and fine. It's working, whatever it's working. Whatever, it's working. So I put on my '80s wig, in this old weird kind of '80s-looking jacket that Melissa had that I've over taken, and a thin, the thinnest tie I can find, and pleated black suit pants. And I and I I come out, and I look about twenty times more horrible than I really want. You know what I mean? Because when you put all that stuff on, you kind of hope you're going to look like you're twenty again, and you you don't. You look like a, a kind of Right. A guy that needs to work out a little more who's uh shouldn't just shouldn't be doing that at all. Oh, well. So people start arriving. Some of them are dressed as the 80s. Some are not the main planner of the party. Not. Oh, OK. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I'm wearing a wig, a spiky haired, semi mullet 80s wig, and you're wearing just like a hot outfit that you found at uh, BB or whatever. That's cool. But people start arriving. They're enjoying themselves. I'm going around. I'm making sure everything's uh, kosher. I'm thirsty. I'm getting a drink. Um, uh, at one point, well, at one point, Jenica, you know, Jenica, so Jenica had to drive me to Radio Shack. She had to go to the grocery store to get like hoHos or something. Or pop tarts or something. Somebody thought that would be fun to have pop tarts or hose or something there. So she said, hey, "I'll drop you off." We never found we never found Radio Shack. I needed to go to Radio Shack. Jenica drove me, but we never found it. I had to walk down there by myself. I didn't care. I needed I needed to get out of the karaoke bar. So anyway, so we had everything hooked up. The cameras hooked up. Everything's hooked up. It's great. Everything's working like a charm. It's fine. The music's playing. People sh- people are having fun. It doesn't matter, Dan, that it's not in a gymnasium. It doesn't matter that there's not a punch bowl because people aren't disappointed that what is in your mind isn't happening. People are excited about what is happening, you jackass. No one knows there's not a punch bowl there because no one expects a punch bowl there or chaperones or any of that sort of crap. And I'm kind of looking around like, wow, you know what? Everyone's having a really good time. And the next thing I know, I'm talking to Kathy Lee Crosby Kathy Lee Crosby and I had the lovely chat about what? I have no idea. I think about how much we love the 80s. She was wearing tight leather pants. She's got to be in her 60s? No? 50s? How old is this woman? She's pulling off... Hey, listen. She's pulling off tight leather pants. God bless her. Downtown Julie Brown actually showed up. Downtown Julie Brown... Is she the one that used to say wubba wubba wubba? Do you even you know what I'm talking about? You're old, you're old like me, right? Downtown, Julie Brown was at the party. I never said hi to her. I never talked to her. She was very busy. She was very busy walking around at a very fast pace, probably I don't know what, avoiding creepy-looking guys in wigs. And then at some point in the in the evening, when I'm not hiding behind the video monitor, Jenica. And I are chatting, and then she says, Oh, oh, I want you to meet my friend Dan to someone behind me, and I turn around and it's Tawny. Tawny Catane. Jaguar dancing Bachelor Party eighties sex symbol Tawny Katane. Now, it would be really easy to write off Tani Katane as an 80s flash in the pan. Really super easy. Listen, she danced on a car or two, right? She she hung her ass out the window of a Jaguar in a music video. She did Bachelor Party. What have you done for me lately? What did you do? You married a baseball player and disappeared. That's fine. Really easy to write her off. Insanely simple. Flip that switch. Boom. Except, Jenica wrote and directed a film called... Come see me, S-I-M-I, that I saw a couple weeks ago, remember, at a screening, remember, and Tawny Katane is in it, remember, as Jennica's sister, the porn star character, remember that, and Tawny was really good in it. So you can't really just write off Tawny Katane because, you know what, she was really good in this movie. And a lot of, there's like this whole section at the end where she's just sort of like goofing around with a little baby, talking. I forget if she was on the phone or she's talking to the kid or both or whatever. And she was just, she was great. So next thing you know, I'm chatting with Tawny Katane. And she's hilarious. And why? You can tell she's a little wild. I got news for you. She's, you know, she's, she's still, she's got, she's still got energy. Tawny's got energy. So at some point, it's time to do the the 80s trivia. Okay? And everyone's really at the peak of their hammer. Right? Everyone is peaked. Peaking and they're peaked and they're really peaked. So I go up on the stage and I'm hiding behind the monitor because I got to control the questions. And Tawny's going to read the questions off the screen. Right? So there's a big screen and then behind the big screen is a little screen, my computer screen, facing the other direction. Right? And I'm going to listen to her read them, and then when it's time to show the answer, I'm going to push up a little button, and then the answer is going to come up. So, we do the first couple of questions, but everyone's so, you know, having fun that they read the question faster than she can read the question because they're talking so much. See, they're talking so much so she can't just read the question because they won't hear her. But the people are reading the questions to themselves and then shouting out the answers while she's trying to read the question. So Tony Catane very smartly says, hey, Dan, please, Lord, save me. And can you somehow not show the question to them? Just show it to me so I can read it so they listen to me and let me get out the question before they start shouting out the answers. Otherwise, this whole thing is going to be weird. And I, of course, immediately, immediately agree with her. And so I unplugged the monitor and no one cares because they'd love to listen to Tawny Katane. But the several hours and hours and hours I spent making the neon color trivia questions and the cascading slide change and the answers and typesetting and running and all the type and everything, the only person that saw it, Tawny Katane. my audience of one. Alright, I think I gotta go. There's no point to that story whatsoever. We had fun. It was a blast. Tawny is a blast. We We had fun. We listened to a lot of 80s music, DJing, um, Music videos is fun What can I tell you So Thank you for listening To The Bitterest Pill Uh, Trying to get the shows out More frequently And of course A very special thank you You can now support The Bitterest Pill On Patreon Or Patreon Depending on how you pronounce it I think it's officially pronounced Patreon But doesn't it make sense That it would be called Patreon Maybe it's even called Patreon And I just think it's called Patreon But The Bitters Pill is now uh, supported in part by its Patreon patrons. You can be a patron too. This particular episode was made possible by generous uh, donations by Flores Delamans. I know Flores. I don't know how to say your last name. This is an international program. I'm gonna ruin some of your names. Uh, Flores uh, Delamans. 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 All right. Tom Carell, thank you for having an American name. David Chase, thank you for having an even more American name. Tatiana... Kill... Kill... Camille and Nina? I'm sorry. I even know Tatiana, and I just ruined her last name. But I think she's, you know, forgiving in that way. Chris Class, best name ever. And, uh, of course, Scott Mercer. Okay, so the easy people to say... Right? Tom Carell, David Chase, Chris Class, Scott Mercer... The people I'm still working on: Flores, Delamance, and Tatiana. Kill it, Nina. I think I got that kind of right. Okay. Thank you to all of the uh, supporters on Patreon. If you want to, if you want to help support the show, please do. It'll keep me uh, going and pay for the show, and uh, help me justify continuing to do the show as we continue to bleed money here at the theater's Bill. Uh, uh, go to bitterspill.com or danclass.com slash pill. Or just go to patreon.com slash danclass you'll figure it out. There's links everywhere. Um, next time we'll probably talk about robotics and uh, dance competitions. Did we cover that again? Uh, do we need to? Oh, and then tomorrow I'm shooting a commercial for a colon health product. I'm sure there's a story coming after tomorrow. There always is. Thank you for listening to The Bitter's Pill. The Bitter's Pill is produced by Jacket Media, makers of fine podcasts since 2004. That's